morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. How many of his, of his, of his kids in his church are just barely getting by, limping by, and just got a drop in the bottom of the cup? And God says, listen, he says, I, I want you to be running over. Amen? How many of you believe God wants you to run over? Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, you keep hanging around and... We said that we're breaking the back of lack. God's good, God's faithful, and we'll see it come to pass. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, why don't you open up your Bibles? Like I said, welcome to Bible study. We're, we're purposing to just have a, a small session life group of where we come together and study the Word. And we're into our third week of sharing on the subject of faith. If you recall, I said to you that the Lord instructed me to go a particular direction or to go this direction to answer some things, and that is, is that it seems as though uh, oftentimes, and just even within our church, you know, there's people that are going through grief and going through challenges and carrying cares and the, 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 the heaviness of life and uh, just uh, affected mentally and just emotionally. And I was going to address that specifically, and the Lord said, well, if you'll address the subject of faith, that subject will answer those questions concerning subject of grief and sorrow and depression and, and, and just hardships of life. He says that's how you answer it, through the subject of faith and learning how to exercise faith. So that's what we've been in in Mark chapter 11. I want to start in verse 22. And the reason why we camp on this particular verse is because Jesus addresses it and he really gives us the blueprint of what faith is. And first of all, if you recall, it says in verse 22, Jesus said, or Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. If you recall, this is the story where Jesus spoke to the fig tree and cursed it and it withered and died. And the next day, he and the disciples come walking by and the disciple says, Jesus, he says, the fig tree, it, it's, it's dead. And he says, this happened because I exercised my faith. Have faith in God. And really the, the, the most accurate translation of that scripture is to have the God kind of faith. So he begins to tell us in verse 23 and 24 how the God kind of faith works and operates. But before we get into that, remember he says this. He says, have the God kind of faith. So, to remind you of what we have talked about in the Bible study we had before this particular one, we were talking about the authority of a believer that we have in Christ, right? And if you recall, we talked about how God made man. The Bible says that God made man in his image and in his likeness to act like God, to talk like God. And one of the most significant things that we see in that which God made us is that God is a speaking spirit, God said, and there was, and he made you and me to be a speaking spirit, right? You are a spirit, you live in a body, you possess a soul. And he said he made you an individual that could speak just like him. 
So speaking is fundamental in exercising your authority as a believer. Tonight we're going to look at the speaking side of faith because faith has corresponding actions and the, the most significant component of faith is the speaking side of faith. And so as we continue here, Jesus says to have faith in God. Verse 23 says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and does, or be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things, or that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. So, in that scripture... Jesus telling us what the faith of God looks like. He says there is a believing side and a speaking side. Now, hold your place here, but let's turn over to Romans chapter 10. Now, we're reviewing just a little bit, but I want to bring out some additional things that we haven't quite pulled out of here of yet. But in Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 8, we're going to be looking at verse 8 through uh, through 10, I believe. Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 8. And as I read this, I want you to recognize the parallel between Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24, and Romans chapter 10. Remember, we said that we're going to look at the speaking side of faith. So we see here in Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 8, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Remember we said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So he's saying here, I've been preaching to you the word of God, but in the word of God possesses faith. In verse 9 it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So did you see the parallel between what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three and 24 as to the salvation experience in Romans chapter 10? He said, Believe in your heart, but believing is not just enough. When you believe, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you get the results that you desire. And he says, and you will be saved. Right? So once again, in the born-again experience or receiving Christ, you exercised faith. So what do believers do? Believers believe. We always make having faith or exercising belief or our faith in something to be very difficult. But what do, what, do, what do dogs do? Dogs bark, cats meow, cows moo. What do believers do? We believe. God has put within us the ability to believe. Now remember he said this in Mark eleven twenty two. 22. He says, have the God kind of faith. Well, how do we have the God kind of faith? Well, when we were born again or Christ came to live within us, he brought his faith. And the Bible says that God has dealt to each one of us the measure of faith. So you've got the faith of God on the inside of you. 
Can you say amen? All right, so what we saw there again from Mark 11 and Romans 10, that there is a speaking side and there is a believing side. Now, how does faith come? It comes by hearing the Word of God. Why did God give us the Word of God? He gave us the Word to straighten out our thinking. The Bible says that at the entrance of His Word, it brings light. So the Word of God illuminates. It gives us wisdom. It gives us understanding, right? Remember the Bible says, don't be conformed to the the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Through the Word of God. So God gives us the Word of God to straighten out our thinking. Now listen to this statement. It's a very simple statement, but it is an extremely profound statement. Your believing will never be any higher than your thinking. I said your believing or your faith will never be any higher than your thinking. Okay, let's give you some examples. We just read there in Romans chapter 10, it says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he makes there to be an all-inclusive qualifier that anybody can call on the name of the Lord, right? Now, a person can say, well, I read that and I believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, but you don't know what I've done. I mean, I've raped, I've killed, I've murdered, I've done this, I've done horrific things, and I know what the Bible says and I believe what the Bible says, but God can't save me. I've just done too many bad things. Well, so your believing cannot go any higher than your thinking. If you think that God can't or won't save you, you'll never exercise faith to receive it. Right? Or, you know, somebody will say, you know what, I I don't think that God does miracles today. Or I don't think you can believe God to receive a miracle. I I think God does what he does when he wants to do it. I don't necessarily believe that you can, can, uh, can believe God for a miracle. Well, so then therefore, your believing or your faith can never arise or rise above the level of your thinking. If you don't think God will, you won't be able to exercise faith to receive from God. Does that make sense? Well, I don't believe that that God still, uh, uh, that, that, that baptism of the Holy Spirit stuff, I don't believe that's for today. Well, your belief will go or arise to the level of your thinking. If you think it's not for you, you don't think it's available for God's church today, if you don't think he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then once again, your faith will never rise or will, will, will never uh, rise above the level of your thinking. Does that make sense? All right, so therefore, it's the word of God that produces faith. And upon hearing the word, light comes. And so, therefore, our thinking begins to be adjusted, right? All right, listen to this statement. Again, another simple statement, but very profound. Your faith will not work above the level of your confession. Right? You remember what we saw here in Romans 10. With the heart man believes, and confession is made unto salvation. So unless one confesses the lordship of Jesus Christ, they'll never be born again, right? 
just like we saw in Mark 11, 23 and 24. He says, if you believe and do not doubt in your heart and you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, you will have whatever you say. So once again, your faith will not work above the level of your confession or what you're saying. And the reality is, if we really check up on what we're saying, in fact, many times we're, we're saying, God, I, I'm needing you to do something in my life. God, I'm believing you for a miracle. God, I'm believing you to do this or to, to do that. And if we really check up on what an individual's saying or what their vocabulary or their conversation is, it consists more of the grumbling, complaining, and talking about the problem rather than what God said about the problem. Are you seeing that your faith can never arise or never supersede the level of your conversation? All right, the last thing, just in terms of a, a simple statement, but extremely profound. The Word of God is what gives us the ability or the platform by which we can pray or believe God. But without the Word of God, your prayer life will not be accurate. I said without the word of God as a foundation for what you're believing God for, your prayer life will never be accurate. For instance, God, if you will, please heal my body. If you can, if you will. Well, that's not praying with confidence, is it? It's hoping and a wishing. But if I realize what the Word of God says, in fact, let me ask you this. When you look in the Scriptures, the Bible tells us that Jesus was the will of God in action or the perfect will of God. Do we ever see Jesus, that there was ever anybody that came up to Him and said, I need healing in my body. Will you pray for me? Did you ever see Jesus turning anybody away? Never. Did you ever see Jesus saying, you know what? Uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I've done some pretty doozies. You know, I've done some pretty wild things, but that thing that you're asking me, that, that's a hard one. I just can't do that one. Right? Never. Never have we seen. In fact, the Bible says in uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says that Jesus was anointed and went about doing good in healing all that were oppressed or all those that came to him in faith. Right? And so once again, we're seeing that as we begin to pray or as we're exercising our faith, our faith is based upon the Word of God and it brings accuracy to what we're believing for, but it engages our mouth or our confession or our words in which we speak lines up with God's Word and it enforces our faith. Amen? All right, let's, let's look at this principle and the speaking part of faith, because throughout the Word of God, Old Testament and New Testament, you see this component. If you remember, we said last week that the Bible says that faith is a law, right? So a law is something that works every single time, and the results are exact every single time if you appropriate the law, right? The law of gravity. Anybody don't believe in the law of gravity? Don't believe it works. 
If you don't, we can prove it and <laughs> have some fun tonight, all right? <laughs> all right, so all of us believe in the law of gravity. If you exercise the law of gravity, every single time the results are going to be the same. And if you don't use wisdom with the law, you can get yourself into some major trouble, right? And so the Bible tells us that faith, or there is the law of faith. And so if our faith is not working, then that causes us to back up and say, what part of the equation or the component of faith am I not functioning or operating in? Because laws work every single time. And the scripture tells us how faith works. All right, so let's look over to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And let's begin in verse 11. Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 11. It says, let us, therefore, be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow or the physical body, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So notice verse 12 says that the Word of God has the ability to get right to the spirit of a man, the soul of a man, and the physical body of a man. Right? Did you see that? Verse 13 says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open in the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, and let us hold fast to the confession of our faith. Amen. So let's just stop for just a moment. Again, we saw that the Word of God has the ability to penetrate every aspect of our being. Secondly, it says that there is nothing hidden from God. So in other words... Your circumstance, your situation, the things that you're going through, or the things that you're believing God for, God knows exactly what you're going through, what you're dealing with, and what you're believing for. Because nothing is hidden, right? So many times people, well, if I wish I could just touch God with my faith, I wish God, I could just touch God with my problems. Well, notice what the Bible says here in verse 14. Seeing then that, he, that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to the confession of our faith. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all, in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So notice what it says. Jesus knows exactly the troubles or the challenges that you're facing because he went through them too. But see, what he's looking for is not for you to try to remind him of your trouble or try to present to him all those things that you're trying to make sure that he doesn't miss. Like, God, don't you see what I'm going through? No, the Bible says, I see him, I know him, I went through him. But the thing that I'm looking for is for you to hold fast to the confession of your faith. 
But what do we do as God's squally bally kids sometimes? God, don't you see? God, I'm hurting God, please. And God says, wait a minute. You're not in faith. You're not believing for me, believing me for anything. All you're doing is just squalling and bawling, right? In fact, for you that have kids, you know, I got my three kids up here on the front row. You know, there's those times where they'll get their little temper tantrums, right? And where they'll start fussing. And if you don't give them the attention that they think that they want, they start making more noise and fussing more, right? Come on, does anybody got the kids like I'm talking about? You know? When they start fussing more, that doesn't make me more empathetic to their case. It gets me a little more irritated, like, you better shut up and shut up now. I'm tired of hearing that stuff. It's not moving your case any further into the direction that you want to, right? But when my kids come at me with a different demeanor of being humble or just saying, hey, Dad, you know, I have need of this or whatever the case is, I'm more prone to move on their behalf rather than all the squalling and bawling, right? Does that make sense? But we think that when it comes to God, if I'll squall and bawl and, and pitch a fit, that maybe God will do something for me. And God says, all that stuff don't move me. He says, I'm moved by faith. And he says, the what I'm looking for is what are you saying? What's your confession? Because I'm looking for the confession of your faith. So what is it that I'm speaking? I've got to know what God's word says concerning my situation because that's where faith comes from. But once I have faith, the Bible says, and we saw in Jesus, uh, through Jesus, he says, now, once you've got the word and operate in faith, this is what it looks like. You start talking to the mountain. Again, we oftentimes talk about the mountain, but he says, don't talk about it. Speak to it. You get it. Use your authority. You already know what I've said about it. So now that you know what I've said about it, you start talking. Give you another example. Here's a kid's story. You know, none of your kids do this because you got perfect kids, so I'll just use mine as an example. But, you know, my kids, they'll come to, to mom, and mom will, they'll say, hey, mom, can I do, can I have, can whatever? And they won't get the answer that they want. So what do they do? They come over to me. Hey, dad, right? Hoping that they'll get a different answer. But what do I do? I reinforce what mom said. This is what mom said, right? And what does the enemy do? The enemy tries to get you talking and thinking incorrectly and coming at it from a wrong angle rather than engaging your faith, right? And so once again, the word of God is what settles the case. In our house, mom is the word. What did mom say? That settles it. Yay or nay, based upon that. Are you tracking with me? All right. So he says he's not moved or not concerned with, or, or not that he's not concerned with, but it's not the trouble that he's looking at and is moved by. He's looking at the fact that he's expecting you to have a confession of faith. Now, why is he expecting us to have a confession of faith? Because the Bible says that we're co-laborers with him. You know, you're not just a little pet that God says, well, if, you, if you'll do what I say, if you'll jump through the hoops, if you'll do what I ask you to do, I'll, I'll do something good for you. No, the Bible says that we're co-laborers together. 
So God does his part, but he's saying, now, you do your part. Well, what's my part? My part is to do the believing. My part is to do the speaking and saying, God, you said, therefore, that settles it. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for us to exercise our faith. Amen? So once again, talking about the speaking side of faith. See, if you won't fight, if you won't fight the fight of faith, the devil will get on the front side of your faith. Give you an example. You know, this time of year, uh, and I, I've shared this with you multiple times, and I think everybody can relate, but you start feeling symptoms in your body of sickness. You know, the cold's coming. You feel it in your head. And you're thinking, huh, I think I'm coming down with something. Well, you've already used your words to engage and cooperate with what the, the enemy's trying to bring on your body. I think I'm coming down. I think I'm catching. I think I'm getting a cold. But then we don't do anything to exercise our faith. we just like, yep, I think I'm feeling bad. Next day, yep, I'm feeling pretty crummy. And then about three days into it, you're thinking, well, man, I am really feeling like a brick hit me. Well, what was I doing before it came full-blown, talking about it rather than talking to it. You see, God wants us to exercise our faith. If I don't exercise my faith through my words, then the enemy gets on the front side of my faith. And so now it's full-blown, and now I've really got to try to exercise my faith to, to beat this thing. Does that make sense? Again, for the sake of the example, I'll share this with you. I've shared it with you many times before, but again, it goes to the the point of what I, I'm sharing with you. I said to you when I was younger, I would get canker sores all the time in my mouth and they would be really big. They would hurt. They would just, I mean, they would last for a couple of weeks and get into my neck. I mean, I'd be sore. And, and once I went to Bible college, I started really beginning to grow in my faith. And I remember one time I was in my apartment and my face was just hurting. My mouth was hurting. And I'm thinking, doggone it. The Bible says that I'm the healed of the Lord, that Jesus died, that he, his, his body was broken so I could be healed. And so why am I continually dealing with these canker sores? I said, so God, I said, in the name of Jesus, I said, canker sore, you got to get out of my mouth. You've been trespassing, and it's time that you leave. And so by the end of the week, that canker sore was gone. Now, it was enough or it was significant enough in the time frame that it left, because like I said, it, they would typically last a duration of time. Well, then later on, I started to get a canker sore again, and it came into my mouth. And then once it came, I was like, oh, no, you don't. The last time I talked to you and you left, and so I'm talking to you again, you get out of my mouth. I'm the healed of the Lord, and you are trespassing now. You germ, you bug, whatever it is that causes those things. Now leave my body. And I recognized that it left just after a couple days. And I'm like, huh, that thing didn't last as long as it did the first time. And this time when I arrested it, it left even quicker. Now, one of the things that I identified is that, you know, when you get a canker sore, your mouth starts to get sore before it ever shows up in your mouth. And I started to think, well, if it would leave quickly after I spoke to it, 
then why let it come? Why don't I get on the front side of it the moment that I feel it starting to come and start exercising my faith? So the next time that it came, I started to feel it starting to get uh, a sore in my mouth. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. You're not coming in my mouth this time. In Jesus' name, you stop right there. And you'll not come. And it never did. And that was back in 2000 in, or excuse me, 1996. And I have only had a canker sore maybe four, maybe five times since then. We're talking over 20 years ago. Now, the only reason why I've gotten them since then is because I got lazy and I didn't start talking to it on the front side and I just let it come. But once it came, I'm like, oh, God, forgive me. In Jesus' name, you need to leave. By the end of the day, it's gone. Well, see, I exercised and learned how to use my faith in that arena. Well, your faith works the same way in every situation. But you've got to learn how to grow in your faith and exercise your faith. And if you recall what I said, if you're not using your words, your faith will never, will never work beyond your confession or the words in which you're speaking. Why? Because faith always is released through words. Does that make sense? Yes? No? Okay. Just again, how did you get saved? You believed in your heart, confessed with your mouth, the operation of faith. Amen. All right? So in this, with this being said, I'll close with this just for the sake of winding us down. But any miracle, any, any healing that you see in the Scripture that Jesus did always functioned with the principles of faith. There's actually four steps of faith to receive, we'll talk, uh, what we're talking about is the speaking part tonight. But if you recall in Mark's gospel, chapter 5, you remember the story with the, the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible says that she was sick for 12 years, never got better but grew worse, spent all that she had, saw every physician, and just kept getting worse. Then the Bible says that she heard about Jesus. Now think about it. You've went to every doctor in the world that you know. Every time you went to see a new doctor, faith started to arise that maybe this is the time. And every time you was met with disappointment. And now you've spent your life inheritance on trying to get better, and you're not. And so somebody tells you about Jesus. Well, after being disappointed, 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 disappointed. All right, whatever. Until... She heard enough, enough stories of people receiving miracles from Jesus to where all of a sudden faith started to percolate again in her heart. And I've heard it from this one. I've heard it from that one. And I've known all these people. And I keep hearing stories about them going to see this man, Jesus. And she finally heard it enough where faith arose within her heart. Do you recall what the Bible says next? That upon hearing of Jesus, she said, if I can only but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. See the formula? 
Faith came. She heard and heard to the point that belief or faith started to stir up on the inside. And faith rose to the place where she began to say something and said, if I get there where Jesus is, I'm going to get my miracle. And she moved to the point to where Jesus was and she got her miracle. Amen? And look at all the stories. Again, we could see it story after story after story concerning the ministry of Jesus. Where they would come and say, just speak the word, Jesus. If you'll just say it, it'll be so. Right? Or every time that you saw Jesus ministering to the sick or speaking to the foul spirit, you foul spirit, come out of him. Right? Or the the girl, the daughter that had the fever and she died. When he went to see her, he says, wake up. Remember Lazarus? He said, this isn't unto death, but he died. And when Jesus performed the miracle, what did he do? He said, Lazarus, come forth. When it came to the first miracle he did, he said to his mother, go get some water right? You see, there was always a speaking part to faith. Why? Because that is the principle or the characteristic of who God is. And if Jesus says, have the faith of God and the faith of God is in me, then I exercise my faith just like God did, just like Jesus did. And therefore, my faith is exercised through my words. The word of God says that settles it. The doctor comes back and says, well, praise the Lord. Thank you for the information. I realize that those are the facts. I won't, won't, that, won't dispute that with you, but I've got a higher truth that supersedes the facts. And the Word of God says, so therefore, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen? The Bible says this in Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. See, we said that the principles of faith work throughout Old Testament, New Testament. He says, they shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the, 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 the perilous pestilence. What was he doing? He says, I need God to do something. I need God to work on my behalf. And what do we see the psalmist saying? I will say of the Lord. What was he doing? Reminding himself of the goodness of God, the word of God. And therefore, faith could arise on the inside to believe and trust God. Do you remember David when he went before the giant? Come on, how many of us are facing giants, facing mountains, facing fig trees in our life? And we saw that David himself, he came and he saw and he heard everything that the Philistines were were hearing and seeing, the, the army of Israel, and saw himself. But he came in seeing and hearing something differently and said something differently. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He says, today I'll feed your carcass to the birds of the air. Why? Because he came there with his faith. And faith always says something. Amen. So what are you believing God for? 
You might be believing God for a miracle or needing a miracle. You might believe it, be believing God for, for a, a miracle in your marriage, in your physical body, in your finances, for a job. You might just be believing God for the next thing that He has for your life. But you're still going to have to exercise faith and use your words to bring it to pass. I'll close with this example. What time is it? Oh, I can share two examples with you. <laughs> Just one? It's still early, honey. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll share this with you in the sense that before I share the example. Faith always goes contrary to your senses. It always goes the opposite direction. I'm a motorcycle rider myself, and driving the motorcycle, if I want to turn left, the natural thinking says, turn your steering wheel to the left. But that's the exact opposite of what you do. On a motorcycle, if I want to turn left, I have to turn my handlebars the opposite way. I'm really kind of pushing into the turn that I'm trying to take. But instinctively, intuitively, you would think, well, turn the way I want to go. No. I've got to turn away from, and it will cause my bike to do what I want it to do. It takes some time to trust that, especially in the heat of a moment when you've got to make some quick reactions on a motorcycle. And if you don't learn how to do that, you'll get yourself in trouble because you say, my senses tell me, turn, and I get myself in trouble because I didn't do the right thing. In order to turn the right way, I have to exercise the habit and trust that the, or, or the, the action is going to get the response I want. Does that make sense? And so, as I said, I'll close with this example. When I, was, when I was believing God for a job back in the early uh, 1990s, I was believing God for a General Motors job. I got hired in as a temp. They said that you weren't going to get a job or those that were around me saying, don't believe or you're not going to be able to receive a full-time job. It's just a temporary job. But I knew what God said to my heart. And long story short, I got laid off. There's all kinds of naysayers. But I knew what the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. And every time anybody said something negative, I'm like, Lord, I thank you for my full-time permanent job working for GM. And there was the superintendent that I was friends with that I worked as a temp. You would think if anybody was going to have any strings to be pulled, it was going to be the superintendent to do it for his son. But you know, I got hired in full time. Superintendent's son didn't. Why? Because I got somebody pulling strings for me bigger than a plant supervisor, plant manager, or whoever else. I knew what God said, and so that was my confession. God, thank you. That this is a full-time job. I know that I'm on unemployment right now. I know that unemployment's running in to an end. But I thank you that I'm going to be a senior employee. And the last week of my last employment check, I received my callback letter. And all the while, my words were saying what God had said to me when we had talked. Amen. There's a speaking side of faith. How do you know you're in faith? When your words agree with God's word. Amen? All right. Well, that's all I got. Anybody get anything out of tonight?
podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.